Well. All right. Hello. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Diet Ride Podcast. It's Brooke and Alyssa Miller coming at you. Both dietitians. Do we say this every time? Yep. Both from the Midwest. We should I just think change we forget our... a lot. We're both <sighs> dietitians. That's why we started this podcast called Diet Riot. Yeah. And we Not talked related. about how to become a dietitian in one of our last ones. That's right. That was a good episode. I like that. That was a long episode. Yeah, I was surprised. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you got to have an hour. <laughs> you got to have a full hour. Nice long commute. I think Turn this one on. could be long, too. It, yeah. it for sure could it be. It could be. Let's see how much. This has the potential to go to the distance. The distance. <laughs> Until dinner time. Yeah. Until we hungry. Yeah. Today we're talking about sugar. Sugar. Everyone's favorite macronutrient carbohydrate. Yeah, yeah I already think it's the devil. <laughs> devil. <laughs> now we're getting southern. <laughs> we used to be Midwestern, now we're southern. Yeah. Um, yeah, everyone hates sugar, so. You want to talk about I'm it? I'm not going to hate on it that bad, but uh, definitely enough hate to go around. Yeah, me too. I think there's like a lot of negatives to eating a lot of it every day. So I want to start by saying that there's several different types of sugar, and mm-hmm. this is what drives me absolutely bonkers in the diet culture world or the diet world or the health, wellness, fitness industry, is when people say, I'm going to go sugar-free, and then they still have strawberries for breakfast. That's yeah, sugar, people. Sugar. It's We're you're talk- eliminating you- added sugar. Right. And I, I don't know why it peeves me so bad, but mm-hmm. it drives me nuts, because I know what they mean. Everyone yeah. knows what they mean. But what you want to say is I'm eliminating added sugar to my diet. Mm-hmm. I'm taking away all the additive sugar that I'm eating above and beyond natural occurring sugars. Have you done this? <sighs> no. I have. Oh. Well, kind of, because that whole food thing that I did that we talked about in another episode, like one of our first, during the 30 days of whole food, mm-hmm. real food, Yeah. it was no added sugar. However, I do have to say that there were certain things that had minute amounts of added sugar that I was like, no, it's fine. Yeah. Because I'm not, I'm not an eliminator. I'm not good at it. Yeah. I don't it's like hard. it. <laughs> it's so, not that fun. Cause yeah. Whole 30. Yep. No Is that sugar. the only time you've done it? Um, back, this was like no four years ago, maybe five years ago. I was breaking out a lot. And yeah. so I just like gave up added sugar for a week or two. Ooh, I've given up, up for Lent. Yeah. And sweets. But that's still not all added sugar. Yeah. weird stuff. And I'm sure that I had some. I was just yeah. checking labels and... Um, being more mindful. Yeah, I was it. being more mindful and like it did help my skin a little bit. So that's the reason I did it. And I did stop craving it as much. Yeah. I will say like for me, if I'm eating sugar every day, very frequently... I crave it more, yeah. and if I kind of cut down, not that, like, I always try to cut down, but if I'm like, oh, I just, you know, I had a treat yesterday, I probably, like, I don't need one today, it's fine. Um, if I kind of stop eating it for a few days, I don't crave it as much. Yeah, I, I think what's what's worked really well for me is not even so much, like, the, um, it's the habit for me. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. like, stuff will turn into habits for me pretty easily. Me too. Which is weird because I'm not like an, I don't think I have an addictive personality, but all like dark chocolate at the office. So I used to bring in dark chocolate and leave it on my desk, which it was like the cute little dove chocolates and they all had a message and it was so sweet. 
And so I used to have like one of those every afternoon before I left for work, like in that lull of like two thirty, three o'clock. I'm bored. I went to Alyssa's desk every day and <laughs> took one, and then I would buy her chocolate. So, well, yeah. Them. So it was kind of nice because people would come take my chocolate and then be like, feel bad, and then they'd replace it. Yep. And I just almost never had to buy chocolate. But I was really good at like I only ever wanted one. Some days maybe two, or I would take the second one on my road, like drive home or whatever. But it became a habit where I was like, why am I doing this? Like, is like, this do I really... need this? Am I actually craving it? Right. And that's the thing that we want to talk about is like, if you're craving something, yeah. you know, if you wait, a, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes and you're still craving it, like have it. Right. But if you're just doing things out of habit, there are some habits that we could all be, you know, that we could all benefit from. And yeah. I think if sugar is a daily habit, like let's say added sugar, added means. sugar, <laughs> added sugar. So like. Every morning you go to Starbucks and you get something that has a ton of sugar in it. You know, like maybe just try black coffee with some cream or like maybe, you know, like there are other options. So you might feel better. And this goes back to being creative. Like I really think so, like you said, with your coffee order, it's not that you can't have that sugar filled drink like in the morning or whatever every day. You can. Is it going to make you work and perform your best? Try it out. Right, (laughs) right. And that's that's the purpose of this is like... Right. We're not going to tell you that you can or can't eat something. And, you know, every once in a while I'd go and, like, I can put down a caramel macchiato and it's delicious. Yeah. And when I but want when one. But when you really want it and it's, yeah. like, it fits into what your day looks like. Mm-hmm. And I think, so I did our, I don't know, I already forgot if I said this already, but I have given up added sugar for Lent. Oh, did yeah, I say that? Yeah. And, you know, what I think is really interesting is looking back, and this is where, like, the research kind of settles around added sugar and being addictive and whatnot, is that... Before Lent, I would load up on yep, candy. Binge. Totally binged. Clean up the cabinets. Yes. Would give it up for 40 days. And guess what happened on Easter? Binge. Yep. Like exactly. whole Easter basket worth of binging. But then I wouldn't touch that candy again. I mean, I saw this post the other day that was like, my Easter candy was in my closet for months. And I was like, yeah, that was me. Like my Easter candy after I binged would sit in my closet until Halloween came around and then I would just add Halloween candy on top of it. Oh, like, I went you know, to town on Halloween candy totally. this year. So I bad. usually do like the day or the day after or whatever, but then I kind of forget about it. And if you put it somewhere you if don't you remember. Put it, if you put it away, it's not that big of a deal. But oh, if you leave it on the that, that's my mistake. I left it on the counter and I wasn't craving it. Right. I wasn't needing it. It was just there and so I ate it and that was a mistake that like I should have just put it in the cabinet and then I, when I wanted it right. and craved it, then I could go get it. So that's what, now that I work from home, I have dog chocolates still at my house all the time, but they are in a container in my pantry. So I have to go looking for them. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I want a chocolate. It's a big difference than having it right there on your desk. And having it right there on your desk, for some people, and for most people, I would say, doesn't mean you definitely grab one, but it does make it a little bit, like, and honestly, I think of this the other day, I, was ha- I had jelly beans on my um, counter from after Easter. And as I was looking through the fridge to figure out what I wanted to eat for lunch, I was snacking on jelly beans. Right. Because mindlessly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was not something I even wanted. And even at the end, I was like, mm, my teeth feel gross now. Like I always feel like I have to brush <gasps> my teeth. Oh, oh, he did not like that. He was like, is your arm stuck? You don't like sugar. <gasps> you don't like it. Oh, honey. Oh, he looks like Jesse. He looks like Jesse. He looks like Jesse. Oh, <gasps> yeah. It doesn't look like me. I know. Dang Sorry, it. Sorry, biology. Someday. Like this? What do you think? He's like, no. Yeah, no, know. my teeth too. If I, that's why I can't drink, um, oh, like Coke or Pops, Pepsi yeah. because oh, I hate the way it makes my teeth feel and I can't stand it. I know. I always have to brush my teeth after anything heavily, like heavily sugared, 
And that is almost a deterrent enough for me. I know. If I'm not really craving it. Not feeling it. Um, Okay. So what else did you find about what sugar is? And then I'll go into like the studies I found. Okay. So what I researched. So Brooke and I never talk about really our research before we record. I think it adds a little element of surprise and spontaneity and fun. Just excitement all around. We are just so <laughs> crafty and impulsive. I don't know if that's so the word. we both researched. We both took sugar in kind of different directions. So, which will kind of be fun for you guys, but a lot of information. So, I looked up how sugar is processed because I th- like added sugar, like your white table sugar or your brown sugar. I thought it was really interesting to actually look down that process because people. I saw this meme. <laughs> this image that I thought was really funny and it was basically what I always say to people when they complain about sugar mm-hmm. and added sugar like then they're talking about white table sugar like in a cookie or whatever and they're like I don't want any of that but then they add maple syrup to their cookies or honey or mm-hmm. agave, agave. <laughs> yeah and I'm always like why do you think that's necessarily better like mm-hmm. what what in your head makes you think that's better and they usually say well it comes from a plant it's natural yeah Guess what sugar comes from, guys? A plant. Yeah. It's natural. It's mm-hmm. a na- sugar cane is a natural plant that grows and produces the white table sugar. And sugar beets, which is like 60% of our white table sugar comes from actual sugar beets, which is a vegetable that they like grind down, turn into chips, hydrate, dehydrate, rinse, all this stuff and turn into sugar. Um, yeah, so I was researching a lot of like how the sugar that comes to our table and in our baked goods and in our sweets is processed versus like when people say, oh, I used honey or maple syrup or agave or monk fruit or stevia or whatever. There's all these different realms of sugar. And we're going to do an entire episode on artificial sweeteners because I think Mm -hmm. that could go for another hour. (laughs) So we're not going to get into that today, but we'll do it eventually. But I wanted to look at, okay, is honey really a better choice than white table sugar or brown sugar, or is agave much better? And basically what I found is it all depends of the processing. Mm -hmm. So if you're taking a raw sugar cane and processing it down, which basically the pro, you guys should look it up on YouTube because it was really interesting to watch, but you have to be careful who you watch it, like who's putting the video together. Because if the video is being put together by a company that sells sugar, they're not going to give you the whole process mm-hmm. versus I watch some like really technical long hour long videos of how they process sugar. I researched a lot, Dang. Brooke, just not the same things you did um, by basically breaking down the sugar molecules in the plants, like dehydrating them and separating the crystals from the actual plant. But they do add um, additives to get that sugar separated and to crystallize and form. So basically the processing that they do to create the white table sugar or the brown sugar even is that they have to add certain additives. And there was several that I cannot pronounce (laughs) that they add, but one of them was lime, L-I-M-E, but not the fruit, not the fruit and not lime, like L-Y-M-E, like the stuff that's in soap and can kill you. Some other sort of chemical (laughs) that they Mm -hmm. add to... Um, sugar molecules to make it crystallize and separate out so that they can produce the sugar. And then your different types of sugar, so like dark brown sugar, light brown sugar, and sugar or raw sugar, are all just the exact same thing, the exact same plant, and the exact same process, 
just taken out at different times. So there's more moisture left in like your dark brown sugar and your brown sugar than white sugar. White sugar is like the purest, most processed, but there's no health benefits to having like lesser processed. They already add the chemicals. They already like, there's nothing better about brown sugar. A lot of people think that it's healthier. I don't know. Oh. Have you ever heard that? No. I, I have never heard that. I like the taste of it. <laughs> Listen, cookies without brown sugar are gross to me. I agree. They need the brown, chewy, do need deliciousness. Brown sugar. <gasps> Alyssa's going to post <sighs> her peanut butter cookie recipe. Oh, yeah, I should. Dude, Lots of brown sugar in that. Dude. Oh. Mostly brown sugar and peanut butter and an egg. And an egg. Oh, so <laughs> and good. baking oh powder gosh. or something. I'm like... I should bring those two it. next time we record. Yeah, you should. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say no. So um, the only pluses that I can really put myself behind of using like honey or maple syrup instead of like a white sugar is if you're going to be adding it raw and eating it like on top of your like oatmeal or something like that because it does have like antimicrobial. microbial. Yep. Let's try that again antimicrobial did I yes, say it right? I don't know <laughs> I gotta write it down um, properties and it does have way more antioxidants than like a white sugar that's been processed however again it's all in the processing if you buy maple syrup you can absolutely buy maple syrup that's crap that's been through the ringer as far as heating it up and cooling it down and separating it and like actually taking out some of the liquid and boiling it down versus raw natural maple syrup or raw natural honey that's local to you, which is the best kind of honey to use. So they all have their pros and cons and they all basically depend on how, how far you go into the processing process, processing process. And we talked about this a lot with oils and I feel like it's the same thing. It's really all about the processing and making those decisions based on how processed the food you are. But again, if you're going to put it in a baked good and heat it up to 400 degrees, it's going to kill off a lot of those properties anyways. Mm -hmm. So in that respect, it's kind of like, listen, do, don't have sugar, like sugar cookies cooked with honey because you think it's healthier if what you want is a sugar cookie because it's mm -hmm. not going to taste the same. It's not going to turn out the same and you're going to be disappointed. Eat the whole batch out of disappointment and then try again. <laughs> what about putting honey in tea? It's hot. It is hot. Because I, mean, I like it in tea. I mean, it tastes yeah. good. Right. And I think like, so I put it in, I don't, I can't drink things super hot. I am what you would call a baby when it comes to anything warmer than like 90 degrees. I can't do it. So my husband will always like make tea with me and he can drink stuff piping hot and I have to wait like 50 minutes before I can even Aww. touch it to my lips. So I don't know. I'm sure that it just depends on how hot it, like if it's boiling water and you're putting honey in there, it's probably killing off. Right. Right. Like logic warm. would say warm, warm, <laughs> warm, warm water. Um, if it's just warm, then you'd probably be fine, at least with majority of it, you know, but it, certain, certain microbes thrive in certain, excuse me, in certain temperatures. So you could find, and this is the true of like probiotics, which we'll talk about one day, but basically if you have probiotic in the fridge, probiotic at room temperature and a probiotic in a capsule or probiotic liquid, they all have different strands that work best in different arenas or environments, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's probably true of like adding things to heat it up or something like that. But it, I would assume that it would kill off a lot. Yeah, I would think so. So, you know, I don't know. It tastes good. I'll keep doing it. Right. And I think that's what it comes down to is taste and what you prefer. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Now you can dive into a little bit of your stuff and then we'll come back to it. Okay. So some of the negatives I found about sugar is that um, if you're eating it all the time and too much of it, uh, it can raise your blood sugar. Added sugar. Added sugar. So if fruit sugar. Right. Fruit's yeah. fine. Um, but if you, yeah, it can cause you to be insulin resistant, which can cause diabetes. Um, it can also affect your satiety. You're good. Talk. I said antimicrobial. Yeah. Cytiety. Oh gosh, I can't. I can't. We should add more um, R's. So it helps like your hunger. So you're eating a lot of sugar all the time. You don't feel full, which is, you know, true if you're not eating a lot of protein and fat as well, that can cause you um, to not feel full. So you may eat more. Um, So it can cause weight gain, which makes sense, right? So if you think of like eating six thin mint cookies from it's not the Girl gonna, Scouts. Yeah, it's not going to fill Who you up. Who can't do that? Oh, I, yeah. Exactly. Put them down. Easy. Put them Versus down. when you think of six apples, that seems like a feat. Right. I don't even know if I could do six apples in an entire day. Right. So, and, then, and that's like that satiety factor. You're not having that protein and fat and other nutrients in there as well. And then visceral fat is Fiber. like fat around your abdomen. So that can actually cause um, a lot of health issues. Um, and so, sugar produces more of that. Yeah. So sugar produces more visceral fat. So the, like, of course we all have body fat, but you, you don't want to get to the point where you have so much body fat around your stomach area because it causes issues with your organs yeah. and your organ function. Um, so it can cause diabetes, your pancreas, kidney disease, depression, dementia, cholesterol, heart disease, and heart disease right now is the number one killer in the U S. Right. So you know, if you're eating it all day, every day, you know, it, it could cause you to have a heart attack. Right. Um, it also can be caused, this is like, we need to do more research about this, but um, there is a higher rate of esophageal cancer, small intestinal cancer, endometrial cancer, and pleural cancer if you're eating high sugar all the time. Mm-hmm. So, which is funny because we actually work with, mo- we work with a lot of esophageal yeah. cancer and they do freak out about sugar. A lot of them do. Right. Um, but again, it's, it's, it, I think it's the amount you're having consistently for a long time. Yeah. If you're eating it all day, every day and you're not eating like real food ever. Yeah. Of course, like your rates of certain things are going to go up. If you just think of it, you know, you're overloading your system with something that it's not asking for all the time. And that's what puts stress. That's why you have insulin resistance is because your body isn't needing or asking for that amount of sugar in those quantities in that time frame. So your body literally doesn't know where to put it. And this is true of like some of the research I did on the different types of carbohydrate sugars. Um, different ones are processed in the body differently and without getting too technical, but basically you have like your table sugar or, um, then you have like fructose, which is what's found in honey, but also like high fructose corn syrup. Um, those are processed in the body very differently because your body doesn't know what to do with it. So unless you're eating sugar and immediately going on a run and expending a ton of energy, and even then you'd have to probably work out and like expend a ton of energy right after eating a ton of sugar to use it all in that moment. Otherwise your body's gonna find a place to store it. Cause your body's idea is, hey, let's store this for later when we need it. It's feast or famine for your body. And your body is always thinking that at some point you're gonna go through a famine, which in these days we don't because right. we have a McDonald's on every corner, but your body doesn't know that. <laughs> so it starts to store it and it stores it as fat. And like Brooke is saying, it, it sounds like it is more commonly stored as that visceral fat around the mm-hmm. abdomen. Another thing that we talked about in a different podcast was skin, so it can cause acne and wrinkles. Um, because, wrinkles. Yeah, because oh. it can lead to my the production. Um, 
what is it called? That's interesting. Glycation end products. Hmm. Um, but it can damage collagen and elastin, which is used for skin. Oh. And I've noticed that with myself and acne. I notice if I'm eating like a lot of sugar for a few days, I will start breaking out. Like yeah. right now, I actually, this was one of those weeks. Uh, I'm sorry. For everyone who's just listening, she had to point to it because she is absolutely not well, great. She has one pimple. I do not have makeup on because it's in my husband's car. Yeah, so I have makeup <laughs> on. Um, otherwise, you'd really be able to see it. But I do notice a difference in my skin if sure. I'm really eating a lot of sugar. Um, and then this is something that's newer. Non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. So we saw fatty liver disease more with alcohol um, damaging and causing cirrhosis. But now they're actually finding that people are getting non-alcoholic fatty liver disease if they're drinking a lot of sugary beverages. Mm -hmm. So they found specifically like people who have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, like 56% of them are drinking a lot of sugary drinks. So that's like the number one cause like for that. Um, And then oral health. So it can cause cavities or decay of your teeth, which, Mm -hmm. you know, is important, especially for kids. Do you really want to send your five-year-old to the dentist to like get teeth pulled like I don't Mm -hmm. so you know a lot of added sugar for kids you know someone's out there like I do that's that's what I dream of doing with my children (laughs) it's like I feel like a lot of people and this is I it still stands to have a dentist on our show yes because I've heard so many moms say oh it's just their baby teeth it's fine and I'm always like no well and if you create those habits at a young age when they have baby teeth like it's going to carry over because if they're getting juice every single meal every single day in between meals juice oh yeah yeah, I saw, you guys, I saw some really bad teeth at my last job. And right. Black teeth. And I felt oh. so bad for the kids because I was like, this is preventable. Yeah. And now they're going to have to go through, like, surgery. Yeah. And oh, it's, it's so tired. hard. And it is, you know, I know that it's very appealing when you have an infant who's crying to, like, give them a bottle of juice or a bottle of milk or something in their crib to sleep with. But it really does affect, and even though they're their baby teeth, you're affecting their gums and their Mm -hmm. gum line and the bacteria that's living on their gum line forever. Like it's very hard to change that bacteria and certain sugars specifically feed that bacteria and make it worse and worse. And so if you, and this is the same thing with inside your gut, right? You feed your gut and your gut will turn into what you feed it. That's happening on your teeth too. So even though you lose the tooth, the bacteria is still there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not changing just yeah. because you get new teeth. And I mean, that's just a hard habit. Like we totally. would recommend avoiding it if you can, if you have kids, like please avoid putting them to bed with a bottle of breast milk, formula, juice. It doesn't really matter. Just yeah. putting them to bed with a bottle or even milk. Milk has natural sugar. Or yeah, whole milk. Yeah. Um, just any, anything besides water. <laughs> like if they're thirsty, give them a cup of water, sippy cup of water next to their bed. And if they want to like have a quick sip in the middle of the night, like they can have it. But um, yeah, I saw too many kids getting totally pulled out and it just broke my heart. Um, and then gout, so inflammatory joints, so high uric acid. Just inflammation in general, yeah. I know, is very high with like sugar. And I think I feel that too. Like this goes along with intuitive eating. Your body is going to respond to the foods that you feed it. And that doesn't mean restrict anything that makes you feel bad. But do pay attention to that. And that's something like Brooke said with her acne, she notices with me with sugar. I notice swelling and mm-hmm, inflammation when I eat sugar. Yeah. AKA right now because Easter. Me too, I know. And then the average American has 22 teaspoons a day, which is equal to 88 grams. And the recommendation from the American Heart Association, because again, sugar can cause heart disease and high cholesterol, which people don't think about. Right. Um, 
that recommendation is six teaspoons or 24 grams a day. 24 grams is yeah. like, it's not and hard to get to that. that's total sugar, right? That's total that added, added sugar. Okay, total added sugar. Yep. So, so what's a can of Coke? 31, I think. Oh, more than that, I think. Is it? Yeah, I think oh, it's yeah. more. Um, a bottle, like a 20-ounce bottle of Coke is like already like triple your okay. day. Where's my phone? Let's look this up because um, I feel like I should know that. Now yeah. that we do tube feeding, I don't know calorie counts as often as I used to. Yeah. So, um, you know, it can, long term, if you're consuming like 100 grams of sugar every single day, mm-hmm. you know, you really can damage your body and your organs. And again, it's not to say that you can never have sugar because you should eat sugar in moderation. You should eat it when you want it. Um, if okay. you're craving it. But Sorry to interrupt. Go. A 12 ounce can so that's like your uh-huh. standard can has 39 grams of okay. sugar in it one can mm-hmm. so the bottle you said the 20 ounce yeah oh my gosh it's like 80 isn't uh, it 65 grams of added sugar 65 so, so that's one over can double. of coke is more than what they recommend over yeah over like over by almost double 14 almost double <laughs> which is crazy so yeah i mean i think I don't think anyone's under the impression that sugar is good for me. You know, it's going to treat my body well or do well, but there are some serious side effects to having a high sugar diet. And I think what Brooke was saying originally about, and I found this too, when I was looking at it, but sugar, sugar and your satisfaction levels aren't hand in hand as much as we like to think that they are. Like a lot of times you need the carbohydrate, which is the sugar, um, fat and protein to really feel that satisfaction factor that lasts. So, like, when you have that piece of dark chocolate, you really are getting a little bit of protein, sugar, and a little bit of fat. So, it makes you feel a little bit fuller versus the jelly beans that I've been eating Mm -hmm. for the past few days. It's the sour, okay? It's the sour stuff right now that I'm craving really bad with my pregnancy. I crave ice cream. But (sighs) ice cream, you know, a lot of... And I always buy, like, the full fat ice cream. Mm -hmm. And I buy the one with the egg whites in it. Oh. So good. It's so creamy. But, you know, it is filling. Like, I'll say that. Like, it is more filling than, like... Who buys low fat? Well, that's the thing. But I used to buy a Halo when that came out. <sighs> Halo I top. See so many dietitians recommending Halo. I know, and I'm like, I don't Stop like. I it. could put down a pint. Oh yeah, easy, easy. Yeah, and like, and then it has sugar alcohols, which like can give you diarrhea. So we'll go <laughs> into that later. But um, yeah, I'm better off like if I just get a few scoops of just. Tillamook, you need to sponsor us because your ice cream is the best. <laughs> but yeah, they put egg also whites in it. their cheese is the best. So yeah. we'll take you either way. But I'm not I, a big ice cream fan. I but. like them because they don't have a ton. Like you can read their ingredient list and know what you're getting. Yeah. Whereas a lot of like low fat ice creams, you're reading the stuff and you're like, I have what no idea what this that? is. So am I saying you need to go eat ice cream every day? No. Have I been eating it every day for the last four <laughs> days? Yeah. But it's, it's like, you know, I go in spurts. Like, I'll totally. go, like, two months without eating it, and then I'll go, like, a week or two eating it every day, and then I go without it again. And it's just, like, you know, yeah. again, if it's in your house, like, you're more likely to eat it. And yep. so, um, yeah. and this goes, you know, we'll talk about this, too, with more of their artificial sweeteners, but, like, the low-fat, fat-free, you know, Brooke and I are never a fan of because it takes so much more to satisfy that flavor. So when you have fat-free cheese or fat-free ice cream... <laughs> Oh, that sounds disgusting, but I know it exists. You know, stuff like that, it takes more of that product to get you full and feeling satisfied. And a lot of times you don't even feel satisfied. So then you end up choosing something different or adding something to it to make you feel more satisfied. So, which isn't bad, but again, if you're not even enjoying the fat-free ice cream, you know, it, it just doesn't make sense logically to spend your energy on anything else. Does that make sense? 
Right, right. You're better off just eating what you're craving. Eat the real thing. Yeah. When you really want that real thing (laughs) and know how your body responds and make those decisions informed. There's nothing wrong with choosing those options and being intuitive about that. But I think with the sugar, I think you'll find that if you have added sugar a lot in your diet, if you start to really pay attention to what your body's asking for, what it's needing, how it, you know, how you want your body to perform, I think you'll very quickly find that you're not wanting the high sugar foods as often and they're not as appealing when you take them off the do not eat list. So this goes back to having like a good relationship with all foods and not having them on this list of I can never eat that, I'm not allowed to eat that sugar, I'm not allowed to eat this, I'm not allowed to eat that, get it out of my house, don't let me touch it. I'm, you know, I'm I can't trust myself around it whatever. No. Eat it, enjoy it, learn how your body reacts and then make an informed decision down the road. And when you take it off that list, it becomes way less desirable to you, you know? It's right there, you can have it whenever you want. It's not going anywhere. Sugar on our market, you know, in our marketplaces are not going anywhere. You can always go and buy that item and it makes it less of a desire to you. And this is like where some of the research comes in. And I know we've talked about this a little before about the addictiveness of sugar. So what they've been finding recently, I don't know if you found this in your research, but what they've found recently is that actually some of the research that they did in um, mice and rats where the same areas of the brain lit up when they're on cocaine Mm -hmm. as sugar, they actually found that what happened was they restricted them for like 48 to 72 hours of all food, and then they were only given sugar. So then it was actually like, well, are they just excited about food in general, and they're as excited about cocaine and as addicted, quote unquote, to cocaine or sugar? Or was it because it was specifically the sugar? So there's some controversy about that. Yeah, and I don't think it's like... big argument that sugar is addictive right because to a point yes it is like right. i think we can all say that the more we eat it the more we crave it and mm-hmm. but yeah it's just to the is it to the extent of cocaine maybe i've, I've never done cocaine so like people who've done cocaine <laughs> let us know people have done, done cocaine and sugar let us they know. obviously listen to our podcast all the time that's all we have is people coke coke heads is that what you call yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I just sorry if coke yeah. Heads. Sorry if you've done it. I'm sorry. We're not. I'm sorry if you're in recovery. Okay, backing up. Um, yeah, I think it is. You know, obviously, sugar in general is desirable. We enjoy it. There's a reason why biologically we crave it. It's high calorie. It's quick energy. Like coming from our biology standpoint, it makes sense why sugar tastes good to us. Like <laughs> that's what we used for energy to get through the day. And it is a quick pick-me-up. It does get you through a workout or a day at the office or whatnot. And there's definitely some room for it in emotional eating and eating with friends and family and enjoying baked goods. But it's about having that balance and that mindfulness of your body of what you want, when you want it, and how you want it, and making sure that it's worth it because there is some fallout, like we've already discussed, of eating sugar, especially in high quantities. So that is that. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Not really, no. I want to talk a little bit about where added sugar is found in our food supply because I feel like this is still an area where people aren't yet convinced mm-hmm. that sugar has made its way into everything. So when we have these large um, fluctuations of diet fads, our food supply changes and shifts with those fads to accommodate what we're looking for on the label or what we're looking for on you know marketing. 
So when we went through the fat-free fad or the salt-free fad or the 100-calorie pack fad or, you know, sugar-free fads, they found other ways to make food just as desirable to us without having that one ingredient. So they started adding things like sugar. When we wanted fat-free, they said, fine, I'll take out the fat, but I'm going to add sugar. And that's where you find sugar in condiments. That mm-hmm. it should not be <laughs> like yeah, it's ketchup. In pretty much anything that's fat free, you can guarantee they've added sugar. Absolutely, at least sugar, if not sugar alcohols or and sugar additive. But you find it a lot in salad dressings. Like I bet you any over the counter salad dressings you can find pretty much have added sugar mm-hmm. in there. There's a few out there that don't. But then make you your own, man. Make your it's own. Easy and it tastes good. And you can control how much if you do want to put sugar in it because I don't. There's nothing wrong with putting sugar in your. Right, salad dressing. then you know how much you, exactly. you, and then you're not putting so much in, you're putting in enough to make it sweet enough. Is that the issue with a lot of things? Like I got a Starbucks that drink the other day and I keep picking on Starbucks, but, <laughs> um, it was like way too sweet for me. So they I, were just about to sponsor us and then they heard you yeah. say that. No. Whoa. Yeah. Ashton's not happy about it. Um, no, I had it the other day. I had to bring it home. And I had to add it to my coffee and use it as a creamer for like five days because that's how sweet it was. And, you know, it was one of those things where I was like, I never drink this. I always drink my coffee with just cream. Right. Like, I'm craving something sweet, you know, and I was out and I got it. And then I literally had to bring it home, put it in the fridge and use it as creamer. (laughs) And, like, it tasted really good as creamer. Uh But I was like, well, this, Dana, it's way too sweet for me. Like, I don't even like it. Like, I didn't like the flavor of it. It didn't taste good. That's awesome that you brought it home and used it as a creamer. Because how many people would just be like, oh, I'm just going to drink it. I paid for it. Yeah. And that's like a trap that I think we can all fall into. And not to say that's always bad. But there is, there, you have other options. <laughs> what did Nate forgot to or say? give it to somebody. <laughs> Throw it away and go to a different Starbucks. Yeah. Ugh, if you guys have not seen his comedy special yet, phenomenal. The Stand-Ups on Netflix, episode one, season one. And now he also has his own special. Special that Alyssa oh. and I saw him in Denver. That was the special we saw. Oh, so good. It was <laughs> so like, good. he's not raunchy at all, which no. is funny because normally I only like raunchy comedians. Really? Yeah. Oh, I feel like all my favorites are actually pretty, like, I like wordplay comedy. Like, Yeah. I he's like, like a dad. Like, he's got yes. dad jokes, and I really <laughs> find him hilarious. But dad jokes. Um, yeah, normally, like, like really raunchy stuff, but that's hilarious. Yeah. I didn't know that about you. Raunchy I feel comedy. like every time we've talked about comedy, it's never been raunchy people. Yeah. Do you know the guy from Full House, Danny Tanner? Yes. He's, yep. like, super Danny raunchy, Danny. but he's funny. I've never seen his stand-up, so. Yeah, he's dirty. I like, like, Jim Gaffigan. Dimitri Martin as a fave. Nate Bergazzi has now become yeah. one of my favorites. Anyways, okay, off topic. Why did I bring up comedy? What is he talking Starbucks. about? Oh, yeah. Because who orders <laughs> ice with milk? Are you a serial killer? Oh, my gosh. Okay. I'm a psycho. So, oh, so other place that you're going to find added sugar on the market that you wouldn't expect it. So it's clearly in like your sweets and baked goods and candy and cereal like that. yes. that's one thing that people i don't yes. think people realize how much sugar is in cereal right and they're eating it every day so yep. that's something that like and they're and those serving sizes are bowl with oh, cereal yeah because i could put down a big bowl of cheerios oh my cereal cheerios bowl is, so good. is a cereal bowl for a reason i fill it up oh, with my cereal i love it and then you add low fat milk to it and then you're freaking hungry like an hour (laughs) later later. you had all the sugar and no fat and no protein and you're starving right and no fiber you know most cereals so yeah cereals are for sure an awesome you know or those packets of oatmeal that are flavored oh yeah so um i love oatmeal i don't eat it as often as i would honestly like to because i love eggs more but i do really like oatmeal but those 
pre-packaged oatmeal packs have so much sugar in them. Yeah, you're better off just getting rolled oats, adding yeah. peanut butter or honey. Oh, yes. Yeah. And fruit. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Maybe a little yogurt. Mm. It's getting to be dinner time. Mm. I know. Um, canned vegetables or fruit, for sure. They could add sugar. Any sort of canned fruit or jarred fruit um, that has... Uh, like a liquid in there. A lot of times that liquid is sweetened, so you want to make sure you find it in water or in its own juices. I get sometimes protein bars have a ton of added sugar in there. A lot of them do. There's a few that don't. There's a few that don't. Okay, I have to talk a little pet peeve right now. So, sorry, Kind. You can no longer sponsor us. I used to be a huge Kind bar lover. They taste good. They taste great. They used to have very few ingredients. They have a ton now. I I don't know. know. They, like... Sucked you in, got them hooked on their product, and then they were like, let's start adding crap in there. Why? You know what I love? Kind Bar. RX Bars are really good. Mm -hmm. And Laura Bars, I don't like every flavor, but the apple pie. The apple pie. Apple pie flavor is amazing. There's like like four ingredients. That one's good too. That one's good. Yeah, I like those bars, but when I don't, I like the fruit and nut, like whole nut bars, like the Kind Bars. But they have changed their form. And I like the ones that don't have the chocolate on it. I don't like any of the chocolate and protein bars. I always think they're bad. Like tasting chocolate, like poorly crafted chocolate, which I'm not a fan of. But are you a chocolate snob? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Kind of you am. and your dad. I don't like love chocolate, but when I eat chocolate, I want it to be good. Yeah, that's true. chocolate. That's true. <laughs> I feel like they. Anyways, okay, down a rabbit hole. So Kind Bar, I have kind of like a tiff with them right now because I was buying them blindly because I was like, oh, I like Kind Bars. I know they've got good ingredients. And recently I looked, and I was like, what the hell, Kind Bar? Mm-hmm. So don't be fooled because brands can change, I guess, is my motive yeah. yeah, that is true. Even cereals have changed ingredients. Yes. Like Cheerios. Kashi used to be this like oh, yeah. healthy brand, extra fiber, and they got bought out by, I think, General Mills. I'm not Probably. sure or not, but someone. And they've changed completely where it's just other crap in a nicer box. Yeah. So if you're craving <laughs> cereal every once in a while, like have at it, but yeah. just know like... You're probably going to be hungry after, and it's not going to satisfy you. Like I actually eat cereal for dessert a lot. Me too. When I was Honey pregnant. Honey of oats? Yes. Yes. When I was pregnant, I had Cheerios frequently. Uh-huh. Like, and not as breakfast. Yeah. I always ate eggs for breakfast. Yeah, it's like a snack. I me. used it as like a snack to get me through to my meal. Yeah. Because, and I use it as dessert because I think it's delicious. It, it is, is delicious. But once I got through like my first, second trimester of pregnancy, I just, I stopped buying it and yeah. I haven't had it since, but yeah, I just, it was like, I'm listening to my body cause I'm craving it during my pregnancy. And I, I knew I couldn't eat it for breakfast because I would crash mm-hmm. and I didn't want that. So yeah. And the other places that you find it really anything that's processed. So anything that comes in a bag box, whatever, what else do things come in? Cartons mm-hmm. <laughs> usually have added sugar. So just be cautious. I do think that there's a good movement out there right now to change that nutrition label to say added sugars. Because I'm already starting to see it on certain things. Yeah, and I don't think it's mandatory yet. I'm not sure if people are just changing ahead of time or not. But basically, you can look on an ingredient label and it will say total sugar and then added sugar. So you're looking for that added sugar when you are looking at the ingredients because that will change where that sugar is coming from. Because a lot of people will look at something like milk um, that has no added sugar Typically, unless you're buying like a flavored milk and and think, oh, this has a ton of sugar in it. Well, yeah, but it's all natural sugar. So with those sugars comes protein, comes fat, comes like actual um, phytonutrients and 
uh, vitamins and minerals that help your body and aid in digestion. Whereas when you're looking like at a jelly bean, for example, has none of those things, have food additives, dyes, and sugar. And that's basically all it is. So paying attention to that added sugar line that you should start seeing more often. Um, the way that people are getting around the nutrition label and having to label it as added nutri or added sugar is actually by putting in fruit juices to sweeten things. And technically right now, as far as I can tell, by adding something like fruit juice, they don't have to consider that added sugar. So I'm not sure how that's all gonna play out, but be mindful of that because at the end of the day, fruit juice is all of the benefits of fruit without all the benefits of fruit. <laughs> so you have all the sugar, none of the fiber, none of like very few, a lot of the nutrients and macronutrients, micronutrients are actually taken out of that fruit juice when it's compressed, when it's pasteurized and when it's created. So uh, making sure to look for those kind of things in the actual labeling and the ingredients and seeing where they're getting their sweeteners from. Um, also I wanted to quick, I have like a little list of things that are, call, that are called something different than sugar that you might see on a list that's actually sugar in a sneaky name. So the first thing I wanna tell you is anything that ends in ose, O-S-E, so lactose, sucrose, any, sucrose glucose, any of those things are a sugar. So anytime you see that on a label, that's a sugar source. Um, obviously any sort of sugar, refined sugar, coconut sugar, beet sugar um, is gonna be a sugar. Syrups are all sugars. They're taking, they're boiling down that food or that plant and creating a syrup from it and then adding it as a sugar. Crystals is a sneaky way that they say sugar. Um, cane, that's coming, coming from cane sugar. And then like I said, fruit juice. So pay attention to that when you're looking at your labels because I think people are getting really sneaky about it and not super fair <laughs> to people who are trying to look out for added sugar. But at the end of the day, sugar absolutely should not be eliminated from anyone's diet or, you know, treated as this devil in our diet. There's a time and a place for sugar, added sugar or natural sugar. And I think knowing what your body needs and the difference and what you're going to gain from that, whether it's satiety or enjoyment or social um, engagement, that I think it's worth it a lot of times. But be cautious, know what the risks and benefits are, know how your body responds and know the source of where your sugar's coming from because your fruit sugars and you know milk and dairy and all that where sugar comes from naturally is gonna come along with a lot more benefits like that fiber, protein, fat, um, vitamins, minerals, phytonutrients, all those things, antioxidants. And the other <laughs> thing is if you, if you have a diagnosis like diabetes or high cholesterol, and you are wanting to control it before getting on meds, that mm -hmm. is one thing you can do is, is not eliminate, but reduce mm -hmm. the amount of added sugar. Because if I had the option to just like change my diet somewhat, not all the way, but somewhat and avoid meds yeah. and like per, maybe even reverse type two diabetes, right. or you're just like, ah, oh, screw it. I'm taking the meds and I'm going to eat whatever I want. Like you're, you're still not helping your body. Like, and you'll still be uncontrolled if it's not like yeah. a consistent. We should do a whole episode on diabetes because I think it's interesting. It and is. I think nutrition has come a long way as far as how they treat, quote unquote, or cure or whatever diabetes with nutrition. So I think that'd be a good episode. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Well, hopefully we answered all your burning questions about sugar. And hopefully this episode made sense because I think I am going to have to do a lot of editing. <laughs> Whoops. I'm going to put Jesse's little clip in here. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> All right. Sugar. It tastes good. It tastes good. 
Uh, thanks it's for tuning wrong. in, guys. He's definitely not wrong. I used to. This is uh, this is real. When I was a kid, I used to take strawberries, dip them in sugar, dip them in sugar. We did too. Is that a Midwestern no, thing? That is a Midwestern thing. When my I husband saw me do that, he was like, "You're what? a psychopath." Yeah. And I was like, "This is delicious. It is good." But I've actually why? made him try it, and he's like, "That's not good." I still love it. Yeah, I haven't had it since I was like four. Oh, I just <laughs> did it like two, you, maybe two months ago. It was just a craving I had, and I just gave into it and loved it. Oh, some nostalgia. Sugar and nostalgia go hand in hand for sure. Ugh, otter pops. There's so many things that are nostalgic yeah. for me that are high sugar. <laughs> um, fun dip. Uh, oh, my god. Straight gosh. sugar, man. Okay, so I only like the stick of fun dip. Yeah, I couldn't eat the I'm whole thing. I, like, I would eat the stick, and I would eat part of the sugar, I like but the I couldn't stick. eat the whole thing. I'm a weirdo. Such the stick great. was okay, but I would eat the whole thing. Yeah, well, the stick was my favorite part, and I would just leave the powder for other people. <laughs> Here, guys, I'll share pop the stick with you. How just about kidding. a sucker dip yes. into Pop Rocks? Those are fun. Guys, all right. This is a perfect way to wrap up our episode. <laughs> yep. Getting your cravings all ready to go. Um, email us if you have any questions. Hello at dietriotpodcast.com. Find us on Instagram at diet.riot.podcast. Leave us a comment. DM us. We're open to any sort of communication. Let us know. All right. Let's chat. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye. No, I'm good. Can I talk about sugar? (laughs) Hey, what what do you know about sugar? Tastes good. Okay. I'll That's a it. man's opinion. <laughs> That's a good slogan. I feel like probably any sugar company could use that. Tastes good, don't it?